Yeah, Thanks, which Brad. is the tw- yeah, which is which is fun. I mean, I'm I'm getting the itch to do more of it. But as I was saying, well, we're gonna cut it out. It's, it's weird on this stuff than on blog talk. But Duffy and I could talk for 15 minutes and nothing would go on air. Yeah, I <laughs> I edit I edit it wrong and something goes on. And thank God a lot of that stuff on blog talk didn't go on air before we did. Oh Lord. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Stephen Brandt, Duffy Alverson. In about two weeks, the Boca book is going to be out. If you are following me on any social networking, I, I've been providing the link or, or sending people the book or selling people the book because I've got two boxes here myself. So if you still don't have one and you don't want to wait, get a hold of me on social networking and I will sell you one of them. Anyway, we're going to talk about something because I have this weird theory that every team over in Europe has a supporters group or something here. And this team came up to me during um, lockdown. Anyway, I'm going to bring John in anyway from the Brentford USA group while I'll tell this story. So you're down in what? So I'm in Washington, Virginia. I'm in Northern Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. So, you know, sort of soccer slash football hub, right, from the U.S. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're literally we're all – you're literally at the hotbed of all uh, soccer podcasting because – Yeah, you are. I was just thinking that myself. There is a lot of hot podcasts that come out of that little yeah. nexus of yeah. the country. Jason Davis isn't too far. Um, the Total Soccer Show is not too far, um, I think – um, Robert Hay moved into Virginia, and and Carmen is somewhere near DC. I don't remember which side if he's if he's um, Maryland or Virginia, but he's in the area. Anyway, the Brentford thing came up really weird for me um, because I've been working out of home for the last seven months. I've wow. been able to. I've been able to have my cell phone next to me much, which means I've been playing football manager way too damn much. <laughs> way too damn much. It's actually on the it's actually on the header of my Twitter. Anyway, um and that's came up from something. I listen to talk sometimes I don't I wake up at two, so I will just turn on talk sport and listen all the way through. I can't stand um Alan Brazell and Jim White to save my life. Jim White I can't stand because he's that he likes that blue team up in Glasgow. And Alan Brazil is an idiot. He's just a straight-up idiot. Anyway, um, Natalie Sawyer was on used to. I don't know if she's still doing Jim White's show anymore. But she kept mentioning Brentford, Brentford here. And I was, was wondering. So I found that she's a Brentford girl. That's her team. That's I, I didn't know. I mean, I only had known her because she's a, she's a pretty face and she's UK and I like those accents. So I decided to I decided to do I'm like oh hell I'll do a save on it and I went back and read it I found out that the the people that own Bradford at this point are Danish I'm Danish sort of it's not as much as I'd like to think anyway I had a great save with it I took them to Europe I won everything I made I made it an amazing save I went to and bought a bought a um a jersey cup and did there then i just it just spiraled for me it just spiraled i bought books i i've written articles as john knows i sent i tweeted him an article that i had written on brentford and i've got another three sitting in here well before when they were when the playoff fever hit i wanted to listen to because i could pull it up here but in all of this i didn't have a jersey now, I went from having over 200 soccer scarves to now I only have 30 because I donated 90% of them. So now I have a whole closet full of jerseys. And I do make the joke every once in a while that Duffy used to have a closet. Now he has a closet, a room, a bed, and three other boxes full of jerseys. And it's not a... And John, it's not a small closet; it's a walk-in closet and a and a big room 
full of jerseys at this point. Yeah. That's so, my disease. So, <laughs> oh, yes. Anyway, I went and got a Brentford jersey, and I'm wearing it today. So in doing this, I was I'm like, I'm not going to get the Scotted Bees people on air. I'm just not – I don't have that much of a pull overseas to get someone. I can look over here. So I found John. I'm like, whenever you're, whenever you want to come on and talk about Brentford, let's go ahead. And my full intention when I saw this, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get someone from the old country that has a, has one of those great accents. And then we come to find out you're not English. What the hell? How did this happen? <laughs> John? Uh-oh, do we lose John? Um, well, you know, it, it, we'll figure that part out. Uh, yeah. They, they've got to be the poster child of how to run a club in the championship. So, I mean, uh, heartbreaking that they're so close to promotion and they, they you know, I think if there wasn't a lockdown, they would have got promoted. I think they were one of the teams that really struggled on the restart because um, before they were flying, you know, that, that team was yeah. flying and uh, uh, they just ended up, you know, I think the lockdown coming back, I, I think they'd lost whatever mojo they might've had. So can you guys hear me? John, are you back? Okay, good. I am, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I, I can hear you just fine. And I started talking and everybody's ignoring me. So it's kind of like, you know, being, a, it's kind of like being a Brentford fan. Normally nobody knows who the hell we are. So oh, no. nobody you, paid like, that, I said, or, or, like I said, that team, I think being is a, that is a poster right. child of how to run a team in the championship. So, you know, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. I mean, I, I said you know, to, to the previous question, Stephen, I, you know, I was, I was a Liverpool supporter for a number of years um, and we ended up moving to to the UK. We lived in Kew, which is, uh, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with sort of London geography at all, it's just south of the Thames from Brentford, just across the river. And so, you know, we, we went, my, my oldest son was Chelsea, my middle son was Liverpool, and, and we tried to get tickets to everything. We couldn't, we couldn't. We had some friends who were like, you should try Brentford. It's just across the river. And we're like, Well, I think we. Oh, he, oh, he won again. Well, the, <laughs> the anchor has given us grief today. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't far from Brentford, I think, when I was in London. Uh, padding, you know, Cleveland Squares, where, you know, my cousin owns a flat. And uh, I was looking at the map. I think I was close. I almost tried to go to a game, but I, I didn't have enough planning time. When after I yeah. walked to Loftus Road and back, I said, oh, there's a game. I'm not sure how to get there. So, uh, you know, if I would have had more planning, I might have figured it out. But, you know, I didn't really want to go yeah, wandering could... around London in the middle of the night trying to figure out where the where Griffith Park no. was. Uh, that's, that's the same thing. Like, I'm going to be over there in March of next year, provided we're all let out of the country, which yeah. I think we'll, we'll – You never know. I think we'll happen. I think will happen at this point. I'm so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with it. I, I I'm gonna because we're gonna be in Regents Park. We're gonna, we're gonna do. We're gonna we're really only going to London. London's like a day and a half yeah. part of the trip of me. We're going for the um, Imperial War Museum because my dad and I are big mm-hmm. civil. I'm not civil. Um, World War Two yeah. fans. So I got I've you. got two books sitting next to me on. Well, one's on the Spanish. Civil War and the other ones on Germany, but that's one of the things I want to do because I mean I I still have I have two things left in my head and I mean we're going to be even even, we're going to even be down the street in um, Edinburgh from where Hibernian play. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I gotta I gotta find. There's got to be a Hibernian um, fan club here in the states. I gotta I gotta get a hold of Noah and see if there is. You would think. I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a there's a first group for everything. There's a Newport County one yeah, here in go. the states. Yeah. Is that Newport Can't County? Get them... Is that the one? No, that's Knotts County. That's in Wales. Yeah. Yeah. Not good old Knotts County. That is the reason for Juventus's jersey. I think. Oh, really? That's I think, funny. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That that's why you see that. 
That's why they had that um, friendly about, I think that's three years ago or something. Because there's a lot of those clubs in the, the early days that people would come over and just buy a bunch of jerseys mm-hmm. for the for them. But no, that that's what I want with Brentford because when I was I'm gonna go there for it and because of the um Danish in me, yeah. I want I wanted to I wanted to do it that way. But you know, it it's and last night, you know, when, when planning this out, I'm like, okay. We'll get to we'll get John on. We'll talk about Brentford. We'll commiserate about them getting dumped out of the cup against Southampton. This oh, they beat be Southampton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I log into the Discord chat for um, the Southampton Delivery Pod, Matt Markstone's pod. We should have. Yeah, we should and have I'm Mark looking, on too. So there you go. A little. We should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should have. We should have man on for. Oh, we should have man on anyway. Yeah. But anyway. One of one of the problems here, one of the problems with that is we will we had. I'm looking at going okay, okay. and then I'm like, uh oh. So I post in the chat. Um, so is it a good time to tell people that I'm ta- I'm talking Brentford? So, yeah. There you go. There's John. See the the gremlins are are hard at work today. So, um, but anyway, yeah. uh, you live across the river, so. Across the river. Oh. From... This is not working. Still today. don't hear him. It's just not working for him today, but I can hear you. So that's, if I'm just hearing myself, that's, well, normal. Yeah. So. No, that's but weird. But anyway, but can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank God you're but back. Does... <laughs> I was like, damn, three times. Yeah. That's not, not even fair. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I, I, I went and just, I grabbed it off of the, uh, okay. another device. Oh, so, oh, nice. It's not the first time we've had to, so we've had to deal with the gremlins <laughs> cool. in the, in the wall. So. John, we had, we had one time here. I usually do this on Wednesdays and I, since I've been doing this so long, I, I bounced the pod between a couple of days here and there. My family knows at seven o'clock, do not call me. When we, when <laughs> we were publishing the book, my dad paid for most of it. And I have my work phone sitting next to me, plugged in. My family knows that number. I'm on here doing this, and I keep getting kicked. And I'm I'm the one that's the host. I keep getting kicked. I see my dad kicking. Her. <laughs> I I tweet. I go to my sister's messenger, going, "Get him off the phone." I'm doing the podcast right now. He keeps <laughs> calling, keeps calling, and my dad. After I told him that, he's like. He felt bad, so bad for a month. Like, Dad, don't worry about yeah, it's it. It's not a big deal. Not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. He's like, oh, but I canceled. So I don't. That's... Like, you just dropped money from my book. Yeah. So just calm down. So you, what was it like with your first, going to your first game over there? So it was interesting, right? Because my first game ever, I, I have to say, we went to Chelsea, okay? I took, I took my boys. My middle son, like I said, or my oldest son was a Chelsea fan. So we took him to a, a, a Capital One Cup mm-hmm. match back in the day. Um, Swansea, Chelsea. And we got there. And it's, it's silence, guys. I walk in, right? And, I, you know, I'm a newly American person in, in London. And we walk into the stadium. And there's no singing. There's no talking. And I sit down and my, my son says to me, hey, dad, can you pass me some food? Because we went and got some food. And I was like, shh, I don't think we're supposed to talk. Like, I, <laughs> it was so quiet. And I know my Chelsea friends, you know, kind of give me a stick for it. But I was like, it was quiet. So, like, my experience was like, okay, this was fine. I could hear the players. It was really loud. and It was really cool. But it wasn't like, you know, I'm used to yeah. college football yeah. or, you know, rah-rah singing and all that stuff. So we went to Brentford. And it was a bit of a different experience. You know, at the time, it, was not a, it wasn't a full stadium. You know, we were League One, so there were maybe three or 4,000 people there. We were playing Knotts County. And, and you know, I just remember like, seeing some of the players and thinking, oh, you know what? It's kind of exciting because it's, it's gritty and you know, the, the, the players are dirty and the field's a little bit you know, not quite as pristine. And, you know, and it was just like a, a wonderful experience. And the fans were loud and they were a little rowdy. And, you know, Brentford's not, not, not Liverpool. It's not Newcastle. It's not like, you know, the fans are like – full stadium in song but it was enough where we were like this is a great experience so that was kind of the first experience and we were like you know what it was enough to make us want to go back but i wouldn't say we were like sold on it that first time we walked into the stadium oh man i i would watch league one or championship over the premier league any day of the week so i i love the 
those levels. So, but you did. You went to an Aston Villa game Villa. when you were yeah. over. When you were over a couple of years yeah. ago, at this point. Yeah, it was crazy because when they bought when we, my cousin's husband had bought the tickets, they asked how old we were. They put us in like the old person section because I'm. 56 and i'm like what yeah, i want to be with the i am not i mean i might be 56 in years but i'm definitely not 56 in any other metric but it you know i love english fans because being a soccer fan in england is it's got to be just i don't know if they have any fun because everyone you know villa was this is before they had the 10 game winning streak and ended up getting promoted you know it was that season and uh they were just okay. in Sheffield United, which is killing them. They're up three nothing, and everybody's disgusted and swearing. And then one guy, when they got the third goal right at the start of the second, oh, I'm out of here, and he storms out. And then a bunch of you know, and then they got one back, and then they ended up tying it. It was a crazy uh, comeback, and they tied the game. You know, late Andre Green with the tying goal. And uh, I had a guy next to me. I was afraid he was going to have a heart attack because he was celebrating and he was cheering. And, I, <laughs> and then he was coughing. I, dude, are you okay? And uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's just a different environment going to England. Uh, you know, signs off the train. It's in there a little DNA. bit. Yeah. You know, we're getting on the train to go back to, uh, we're, to um, Wooster, where my cousins live. And uh, they're like, we, they're, and they have, you know, the, the train. Uh, Porters, whoever, the security base, they're holding us like, okay, that train, that platform's full. You guys gotta wait. And I'm like, all right, cool, you know, problem. The guys like thanking me for waiting. I'm like, well, what am I gonna do? Force my way on and fall on the tracks? But apparently, people don't want to listen. So, you know, I'm like, oh, cool, you know, we'll get home eventually. So, you know, that was it was fun. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it was crazy. It's a unique breed. Yeah, I mean, what really sold me on the club, we, we, we went, uh, you know, so so after that match, you know, that was the season they got promoted. But at that time, it was still early in the season, right? And they, they hadn't quite sort of established themselves in the right. promotion race yet. So so our first experience was kind of continuing to go to these games, and still they didn't have a lot of people. And But more and more, it was like, you know, there was an excitement in the stadium that I don't think I really appreciated at the time. Because, you know, promotion from League One of the championship, what the hell is that? You know, it's, it's not Premier League, and then you know, I'm this American. But as we kind of went more and more, we, saw, we realized how important this was. And then what, what sold us on the club as a family, um, we went, we just randomly bought tickets. The boys, my boys all brought their friends. My daughter was there. We had friends of ours. And, you know, my wife had friends. So there was like 12 of us. And it was Preston North End. Um, and it was one of the later games in the season. And about 60 minutes into the game, they announced that Wolves had lost. Um, who were in first place, but but the, the, they beat Leighton Orient, I think it was, and, and it put us in a spot where we were going to get automatic promotion if we won the game, and the game was nil-nil at the time. And sure enough, Alan Judge, when he was still with us, uh, got a penalty, scored the game, or scored the winning goal, and it was it just happened to be Preston North End's Gentry Day. So if you're familiar with Gentry Day, it's where they wear their bowler hats and they dress up to the nines, <laughs> and you know they come out in full force on their oh, away cool. games, and they do one game a year, and it just so happened to be that game. Oh, nice. And, you know, yeah, so it was just, I mean, like the, the atmosphere, was, it was sold out. It was on TV. The atmosphere was electric. We scored the winning goal in, like, I think the 80th minute or 75th minute. Game ends, and, like, everybody's on the pitch, right? And, and my daughter at the time, who's now 13, but it was, like, six or seven at the time, I still have video of it. She's like, and she had, she had an English accent at the time. It's so cute. She's like, Daddy, can we go on the field? Daddy, can we go on the field? And I'm looking around, and my wife and I look at each other, like, yeah, we can go on the field. And boom, and we're like on the pitch with everybody else. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's the day it was sold. You know, like, I, just, I still remember, like, the loam of the earth, the smell of the pitch, and the players coming out, and Matthew Benham, the owner, coming out. And, the, and, and to this day, what I really remember is that the Preston North End fans, to a man or to a person, stood in the in the away end and clapped us off for like 40 minutes after the game and didn't leave themselves and it was just like this is something that i can't i've never experienced before and we were like man this is this is our team cool yeah i mean that that makes it that makes sense there because especially with like that to college football and being an american i mean i have never really gone to a big college atmosphere as far as going to college football because i went to the university of kansas and it's just a side. It's just a side thing for us. We're 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 under four hundred. We're under four hundred for our win percentage in our program. Charlie Weiss, man, Charlie Weiss. Oh, that's, I grew that's up in Nebraska. So, yeah. that all. Uh, 
So, and I live, I live in, I live in Buffalo. So it's, yeah, so let's go, let's go with it here. Even though I did know some, <laughs> of the, I, I did know some of the players when I worked up at UB. Um, but th- that's, what's the thing that I find so much fun about this is that here in the States, when you listen to our national pastime or our national sports, you don't, when you hear them go to the pub or do the pod, the pod or the show out of the pub, it's very sanitized. When you hear something like the Biscotted podcast or um, the Anfield Raps still will do some live remotes, it's like they're within the, they're sitting there at the bar with people. Yeah, and I'll, I'll probably be vilified for saying this by some of my English friends, and I don't think it, it's definitely not a universal truth. But I think that in America, there's this preoccupation with statistics and history. And, you know, like, like if you're a baseball fan, right, you know how many hits Ty Cobb had. You know how many home runs Babe Ruth had. You don't mean, you may not follow those teams, but you know all yeah. of those things, right? You, you, you're, you're a student of the game. And I think that while there are students of the game in England, it's much more sort of emotional than it is – intellectual when it comes to supporting your team. So you may not know a hell of a lot about, you know, what goes on in the field and, and, and how to break down a, a, a you know, a, a three back situation. Um, but you know that this is your player and he does this and he's passionate and he's in the stands and, you know, and, and so it, it creates sort of a different environment. So like you said, you know, when you go into the, the fans in the pub, it isn't breaking down the game. It's talking about the passion and how much of a, of an a-hole, you know, the, the, their midfielder was and, and should have been sent off. You know, it's, it's much more, I guess just like emotional about it yeah. than it is sort of yeah. the sanitized statistical analysis of the game. No, that's true. That's probably a good point. Uh, Cause yeah, there is definitely the passion uh, and plenty of people probably getting called all oh, that, you know, oh, and the English uh, swearing, you know, it's funny cause I know when David Beckham came here to play, he had a hard time dealing with it because the ref said something to him. He said, oh, you know, he just dropped an F-bomb on him and didn't think anything of it. And then the guy's booking him. He's like, what? You, I just said, I just talked. And, <laughs> and you think about yeah. it in England, they don't, it's, it's just common language. It's just common part of the language. They don't, they don't care. Yeah. You know. I heard a 13-year-old cuss like a sailor to the AR in one of the matches I went to in England when there, when there was nobody there, right? It's empty. So it's a Tuesday night game, a meaningless game. There's probably a 1,000 people there, right? And we, we happen to sit next to this this 12- and 13-year-old from Wimbledon who loved the bees. And, my God, the whole game, it was like, like I learned new curse words from this game. <laughs> oh, yes. That, that, that's the fun thing because I, I used to – I've coached and worked in different levels of the sport here. And it's fun being on the field with some of the players from overseas because they will say stuff you're not going to hear here. And that's, that's, that's the impressive thing is that, and now that we get to see more of the games now, do you watch it on the iFollow or do you just try to get the games? Yes, I may as well have a season ticket, right? So I, I, I subscribe, I have the full subscription to iFollow. I have the ESPN Plus subscription. And then usually, you know, there's sometimes like for Carabao Cups and things like that, I have to buy a little extra on the side. So I'm fully invested in the in the watching of the, of the team. Um, when I first started, there was no access, right? iFollow didn't exist. There was a, you know, Bradford had an audio only version. And, and, and so I had a subscription that was pretty dirt cheap. And, you know, you couldn't see anything. Uh, but now I'm 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 fully vested, so I, I watch most games. Do you now. try to get to a game at least once a year, or uh, is that with a family? That's not entirely possible. So I typically make it to about three oh, to five cool. games a year. Um, so so my job takes oh, me over perfect. there. Um, so I usually, you know, I know I have to go right, and so I usually have a little flexibility of when I go for meetings and things like that. So I usually try to time it to um you know a game or a match especially if there's a midweek match because that makes it a lot easier if i've got like a two-week trip over there i'll do it so that i overlay a, a weekend game um so yeah usually usually when i go it's almost always off the back of <laughs> everybody jokes that you know i, I schedule my, my work trips around hey, friend for that, matches. you gotta do what Would you gotta you, do <laughs> if duffy right. if duffy had that type of job where he could travel go to games he would still do he would do, i could guarantee you you would do that Duffy. Oh, i would absolutely no i would no 
No ifs, ands, or buts. I plan my vacations around Sounder off seasons. That's why I went to – who goes to England in, in February? I do. hundred <laughs> percent. So who's your team, just out of curiosity? So, so who's your, who's your, uh, who's your English uh, team? Do, I don't really – Yeah. I don't really have one. You know, I'm English. Uh, if I had a team in, in the United Kingdom, it would probably be Scott, uh, Glasgow uh, Celtic because that was the family team. Yeah. My mom – is Scottish, well, and but she was born in in uh, she grew up in Corby, England. If you know where that's at, that's in the Midlands, West Midlands. Okay. And uh, so, but but the family team was uh, Celtic. So if I have a team in there, it's Celtic. But I also like Villa because I was at I saw Villa play. Uh, I, I it's Queen. I just am curious. Is Brentford's? Do they have an arch rival? Is it like Queens Park? Is they're really close, as far as I could tell? Because I walked from my cousin's flat in Paddington, well, in uh, Cleveland Square to uh, Loftus Road, just because I wanted to see it. I said, I wonder how far. That's eight miles. I could walk that. So I, I, I was bored that day, and I walked eight miles to uh, to Loftus Road and checked it out. And, uh, you know, what a waste of eight well, miles. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. that, that stadium is kind of cool the way it sits. I mean, that's the thing I think people here don't realize is these stadiums are just smack in the middle of a neighborhood. No parking lot. You yeah, just yeah. You either take tr- transit cause, or you just figure out, uh, I got to put my car somewhere. Uh, pull it up on the sidewalk or whatever because, yeah, I've noticed, you know, Villa Park in the middle of a neighborhood. You know, Loftus Road, middle of a neighborhood. I didn't make it to Griffin Park. I've uh, they were having a game the night I was there, but uh, like I said, I didn't have enough advanced planning to kind of scope out yeah. where it was. Griffin Park, middle of the road. Is it like Craven Cottage? Literally, the dock is right there, and they're like right there. Yeah, you know, they, they, they have to put the stadium there because the ships have to hear what's going on, so they want something really quiet nearby so that they don't get disturbed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's, the, that's the thing is, Wally, you were off one of the times. I'm going to, over to England in um, March, March like 17th through the 30th next year. One of, the, one of, our, one of our stops is in London, and I have this – I have this – Long time thought. I just want to go to a football ground, walk around, and see. And I don't care what it is. And it, you know, living in London, there's like you can't you can't miss a g- new ground. I mean, Griffin Park is closed, so you'll be able to go to like the new one. Yeah, that's. I think it's just across the street, though. Yep. Yeah. It is. It's not very far away. It's actually closer to where I live than, than uh, um, Griffin Park was. But yeah. So, so I mean, to, to, to answer your question, you know, QPR is is. I, I would say if you if you if you pull Brentford fans, right? I would say ninety eight percent would say one of two clubs. They're either going to say QPR or they're going to say Fulham. Okay. For me, Fulham is is definitely a rival. Like it's a big game. There's a lot of history. We're both. You know, we're, we're probably closer. I think we're closer to Fulham than we actually are to to Shepherd's Bush, or to Putney, yeah. I should say. Um, and so, so they're, they're definitely a rival and there's, there's recent history has been really strong. You know, so the films kind of, when, when, when the Fayed bought the club, you know, they kind of went to the rarefied heights of, of being, you know, competitive premier league teams. Mm-hmm. And then Fayed left and, and, you know, they kind of came back down to reality. Although Khan seems to have them in a, in a decent shape. He's not afraid to spend money, but QPR is like, you know, for most fans, especially fans who, who are, you know, of our age or yeah. older, um, QPR is the rival. They tried to shut us down in 67. Oh. Um, you know, they, 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 they secretly put a bid in for the club. They were going to take Griffin Park from us. They were going to take over wow. our club and absorb it into the in Queens Park Rangers. And, uh, and, and, you know, a, a, a circumstances of events prevented that from happening. Um, fans sort of pitched in on their own money to make it so that, you know, we could, we can make sure that they didn't have to buy us out. So there's, there's some real That's some good diabolical in, stuff in, uh, there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in, in you know, QPR, of course, you know, they, they have you know, they had their couple of years in, in the Prem and they've had some success at a higher level. But in reality, you know, they, they love to tease us like, oh, our rivals are Chelsea. I'm like, you ask any Chelsea fan and you say, who are your top three rivals? Uh, you ask a hundred. None of those hundred. You ask a thousand. None of them will say QPR are your rivals. So you keep telling yourself <laughs> your, your rivals are Chelsea. But, you know, the reality is, you, you know, 
we're, we're a pretty big rival. Maybe they don't see us quite as, as you know, because we're, we're kind of Johnny come lately when it comes to, you know, a successful club because we have been, you know, we're, we were tiny. Yeah. So I don't know what I, if I was a Queens Park Ranger fan, I'd do a lot of bragging. I was in there like lobby and, 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 and looked at all their trophies and they, for a club that's that old, they have very, I mean, Sounders have been in MLS for 10 years and have a bigger trophy case than, than <laughs> Queens Park. You know, because uh, I mean they had some they had some cool trophies. You know, the League Cup for or the the promotion into the second division or something like that. But it's, I have pictures of them somewhere uh, on my phone. But uh, you know, for a club that's you know pretty old, you know, uh, they don't have a very uh, stocked trophy case. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. And they don't yeah, have the sad the, thing for us is, and they don't have oh, the run. Ahead. Yeah, and John, they don't have the runs in the FA Cup like um, Brentford has done. Brentford's had some runs and done some stuff and put some play, players and people into the rest of the rest of the clubs. I'm reading the book about the 2014-2015 season. It's, it's Gavin something or other. I've got his last. I've got his last name. It's a, it's a, almost as big as a workbook for college, but it's <laughs> yeah. I I have it. I bought it's it. It's Greville Waterman, right? Greville Waterman. Yeah, Greville Waterman. Yeah, he follows yep, me yep. too, and he wants to buy mine too. But anyway, th- that's what the one of the things they say in there. It's like Brentford is not as small as you really think. Yeah, it's a hometown team, but there is some for a team that's really never been. In the first division, it's not. It's kind of a stalwart if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we haven't been in the first division since the, you know the pre-war years, um, and I think our best finish ever was sixth place in the first division. Um, and, and you know, you talk about trophy cases. It's it's sad to say our our, our one of our biggest trophies uh, that we have won is actually sitting in tro- in Chelsea's uh, museum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was the London, the London War Cup. Uh, so we won. The, we were the last winners of the London War Cup. Um, but for a, a number of reasons, it's actually sitting in Chelsea's uh, uh, trophy cabinet. So we've, there's been efforts over the years to bring that back, especially as we move into the new stadium. But, you know, it, it, we, I would say, like, we thrive on the fact that, you know, we, we have T-shirts printed up that say we're Tin Pot. You know, we, mm-hmm. we take pride in the fact that we're called a bus stop in Hounslow. It, it, it's it's kind of in the DNA of who we are, and, and you know, so so sometimes you know, when people say, "Oh, you're just teams like Brentford," you know, you don't deserve to be here. We kind of take, wear it as a badge of honor the fact that you know we, should, we by all by all modern football financial metrics, we should not be anywhere near the championship, much less yeah looking at a premiership level. You know, so so there is something about rattling those big clubs like an Aston Villa who have half of our team and Birmingham who have half of our team uh, you know, from the last few years. And, 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 and we have the better players as a result. Yeah. It's okay. Like, you know, I, I don't mind, you know, I don't think any of us really mind that sort of, you know, mentality against us because it's who we are. Well, and, and I really like that manager, Thomas Frank. I think he's done a great job and they're not afraid. You know, they just sold Ollie Watkins uh, for a, boatload of money i was looking at his what his value was and what they sold him for so you know buy low sell high that's a prime example uh but uh and they do that that's what i wanted to see them make it so bad just to see what they would do in the premier league if they would stay true to their little model of how they build their team you know and i mean it would have been a struggle that first year because any team that gets promoted that first year is usually a struggle until you, yeah. you know, and then that Sheffield United seemed to, to go against that. But a lot of times those teams, they, they have that great first year. They really struggle that second year. I don't know why, but eventually you have to struggle. I think that's just a law of, of soccer nature. Uh, well, I think that a lot of those teams make huge mistakes, right? In, in, in the, you know, like the Fulham, right? When they yeah. went up last time around, they spent a hundred million pounds on proven players, but they didn't give two thoughts to team chemistry or the style of football they wanted to play or any of that stuff. It was just like, we need experienced players. Let's bring in who we can bring in. And, you know, it, it, it didn't work out for them. And and so I think that, you know, if you look at teams like Brighton, who have, you know, in Leicester, yeah. right? They, they, Leicester's now made it, you know, they're, they're kind of a stalwart now at that upper yeah. levels, but they weren't. No. Um, but they did it on the fact of finding the right people to fit their system and they stuck by their strategy. 
And I think that's what you need to do if you're one of those middle of the road, lower division teams. You, you got to stick to your strategy. You got you got to have some sort of unifying force and vision. Otherwise, you're just buying players to buy players, and you know that doesn't yeah, work. I was, and that's just basically think. football manager at this point. That's not real football. I was glad. Yeah, I was surprised that Benarama they didn't sell him too, or did he? Uh, he seems to like it there. So, uh, but he was one that I. Th- uh, he's going to be gone. You think so? He'll go. Yeah, I, I think that the, the, with Benarama, you know, so it's one thing. A striker, a striker is is you know, a, a, a rare commodity. Yeah. Uh, so, so when you have a striker who can bang in goals, they're always going to go for a premium, especially if they're an English striker. Right. Yeah. Um, I think Baron, Ben Ramo will go, but he's a winger. So there's a lot more, you know, the supply and demand. There's a lot more supply of decent wingers. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, I, I think he'll go. It's just that we, you know, I think we've had offers around 18 to 20 million pounds for him and we want 25. Yeah. Um, somebody will offer that. We, we, you know, I think we've all accepted the fact that he's going to go. And I think we've already got one or two replacements lined up once that. Well, they got happens. those two kids from Oxford uh, that I, I was, that supposed to, you know, that were pretty good for Oxford, you know, because yep. they would, I think, would have got promoted too. Because uh, I think they and Brentford both suffered from the the lockdown. Because Brentford was flying before the lockdown, and I think they they didn't really continue to fly coming out. I think they struggled a little bit. Well, we won eight in a row. We won eight in a row after the oh, lockdown, did you? and then and then yeah, and then and then we kind of ran out of gas. <laughs> so if we'd have just won, if we'd have just gotten one point yeah. after our eighth win, oh. there are three. We had three matches left. We one point we would have been promoted because West Brom kept throwing it away. Yeah. And those yeah. last three games, we were just spent. Like, you know, you could watch our players. Like, we were we were done. Um, and it was no fault of the players, right? They worked their asses off. They, they won eight games in a row. And, you know, it just it just didn't work out. Yeah, and that was but, the fun thing. That was the fun thing about that run after the lockdown is that Talk Sport was playing the Brentford games full out. So I was able to dial it up because I'm not going to be able to, while I have my work stuff on my computer, stream something because I'll kill something. In your and I, it that's what that was what was it that's what was interesting and yeah I I love and it was boring after the lockdown because there's no fans in the stadium yeah. but to get a team like that because I'm a Liverpool fan I came in because of a Liverpool Kenny Daglish and all that and I almost yep. worked for it I almost worked for his son Paul down in Tampa. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I try. I tried to get down there big time, and I knew I would have been fired after about the first two days because I would have been peppering him about his father <laughs> so so much. I know that for a whole, but the, the the love and the holding of Brentford because the story of the championship last year seemed to me is let's just get leads out of here for the year, get leads up. Get them into the Premier League. And it kept missing the good story that was Brentford. Because you've got you've got a new kind of how they're developing. You've got you don't have a real English background as a someone that owns the team. So you're well, the doing owner's this English. To, the owner is thought, the owner's a fan. What yeah, the owner grew some, up going to games. Is it the isn't there a connection to Denmark with the team? So there is. So, so the connection is our, our, one, of, one of our two directors of football is Rasmus Ankerson, and he is a, 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 a Danish um, person, you know, and played a little bit of, of, of ball, and he's a, he's a pretty successful entrepreneur. Um, so he is, our, he is one of our two directors of football. And then uh-huh. Benham also owns FC Michelin, um, who okay. I think just made the Champions League. Um, so, so all of the Brentford model was kind of tested out at FCM. Um, and, and, you know, they, so they've, they've been in the champions uh, league several times over the past few years using the same models. Um, so that's, and then, and of course we have Thomas Frank and we've done a lot of recruitment. I mean, you look at, you know, most of our team, we've got, you know, I, I probably 30% of our squad is Danish. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I, cause I saw that because Michelin, Michelin was able to, cause I, Michelin looks like what Brentford should be eventually because Michelin is that smallish. Team. I could I could tell you it's more like a the Danish league is probably League One, League Two if you're trying to put it that way. But that yeah. they develop and their players go to the continent. That's kind of like what you see with here with Ali Watkins gone. Then and I don't know if um, um, Ray is going to go to any of the teams. I know 
Arsenal wants was it Dominic Rea? What what's the goalkeeper's? First yeah, David Rea. David Rea. David Rea. I I love playing him as as my um, goalkeeper and, fit, and football manager. Um, but it seems like everybody's sniffing around him, and that's in a way that's good. But for fans, that's got to be annoying. You know, again, it's one of those things where like initially it was right. So, so I started you know, following in league one days and we didn't, we, we had Adam Forshaw who you may know from, yeah. you know, he was player of the year in the league one that year. And when we went up and then the next year we brought in, you know, we, we did a loan. We brought in Alex Pritchard who was sensational for us, who has not performed nearly at the level he has. He did it now at Huddersfield. Uh, but we had Andre Gray. Uh, we had Hota. We had Harley Dean who's now at Birmingham. We had James Tarkowski on that team. Um, and, and, you know, we, we, we went, we made the playoffs the first year and, and then, you know, Andre Gray left and, and we, we lost a few players. And I was like, Oh no, we, you know, we're never going to replace Andre Gray. And, and, you know, everybody's like, well, that's the model we have to live with. We can't afford if we, with, to not sell people. And then the next year, you know, we had Scott Hogan and he was amazing. And then we sold him and then we had Hota and we sold him and we had Maxime Colan and we sold him and, 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 you know, the whole time Alex, Alan Judge left, although, you know, for, for reasons that, you know, another story, but tragically, um, you know, he, he kind of, his career took a dip after the injury. Um, but, you know, we, we, at the point we're like, well, we're always losing our scores. We're always losing our scores. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know what, we're always replacing them. So we went from Andre Gray to Scott Hogan to Lasse Vibe to, um, uh, to Neil Mopai and now Ollie Watkins. And, and then now we've just brought in Ivan Tony and, and we have two others. So there's, you know, now there's a sense of yeah, the club just always does a little bit better. Um, so even though we're losing these big players, it just seems like somebody else shows up and does even better than the guy who left when you couldn't imagine anybody doing better. You know, who would have thought somebody we had somebody better than Neil Mopai, especially a guy who was a left wing who came into to, to, to a striker. And at the beginning of the season, like Ollie Watkins isn't a striker. He's never going to do any good. I can't believe the clubs failed us. They, you know, they, they didn't get a striker. We're not ever going to score any goals this year. And then, you know, Bam, look at the season. Yeah. Um, so now there's like, okay, we, we got this. We know that we know this is the model. So I think this year, you know, we, we, we talk about David Rea going to Arsenal, but if you, if you have uh, you know, seen any of the reports on it, the club has said, we are willing to sell Watkins. We are willing to sell Ben Rama for the right price and for the right price only. Nobody else is available. No Rico Henry, no David Rea. Um, now there have been some reports saying that, okay, well, if Arsenal want them, although they went and got Runerson out of uh, Dijon anyway, so I'm not sure they need a third goalkeeper. Um, but they, you know, the, there are reports now, whether they're true or not, who knows, that say we'll sell David Rea for $15 million, but you have to loan us him back for this season. Yeah. So I you know take that for what you will. So that, that's kind of where it stands right now. But the club has said we're not selling. We're not getting, they're not leaving the club this season. There you go. And, and I think a lot, seems like a lot of teams in England don't need to uh, employ scouts. They just look who Brentford signs and they get hot and then they go buy them. Because, I mean, that's, you're right. Because every they, whoever does their recruitment, man, he all they always manage to uh, sell a guy. Like oh, like you said, oh, we'll never replace him. And I'll oh, okay, this guy's actually pretty good. And then, bam. So they haven't really missed so, a beat, so. Our owner, I don't know how, you know, it's our owner, Matthew Benham, um, even though he's a Brentford supporter for life, he, he made his money on, on using analytics to do sports betting. Um, oh, so he, nice. he owns a company called Matchbook, and they, they, they work with, like, high, you know, high-value gamblers and sports, you know, uh, and they work on statistics. Um, so a lot of the models that we use, yes, we do use traditional scouting methods, but a lot of the models we do is, is we use these you know, these advanced analytic models to, to find out, okay, this person, you know, of course expected goals and all these other things are, are really hot and big right now, mm -hmm. but they're really going, you know, another level down to, to look at, you know, game environments, style of play, which would fit for us. And then and, and using these models and then going off and scouting them and using these combination tactics to bring these players in. So, so it's not just like, you know, it used to be like some guy with a cigar standing on the touchline saying, he's a player. Um, you know, now, now, now we've got we've got these guys with like you know, you know, supercomputers crunching numbers to say you know this guy fits our style because he does X, Y, and Z, and and you know you can see what the result is, and yeah. and you know, nobody else has nailed that down. Liverpool's probably pretty close; they've done a pretty good job, it seems, using analytics. Um, but everybody else, like you said, you know, Villa half of Villa's team right now is, is are, are our players. <laughs> oh yeah. And yeah, because isn't Dean Smith isn't Dean Smith a former? He was um, a Brentford, Brentford manager. That's right. He, he was. Thomas Frank replaced him. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was. Yeah. He was there before Frank. Because uh, so yeah. he he knows. He goes. All right, I'm gonna go back and start just one, two, 
all right, I need this one, I need this one. And with the pulling power of what Aston Villa should be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, I, that, that's one of those clubs, if they can get someone in there, get a group in there that knows what they're doing. I mean, they, 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 can, they can do better. I'm, now, I do realize that their great years are my generation, are our generation. The people that are watching at this point don't necessarily remember the European Cups, the titles, and all of that. But still, yeah. that's not a small team. No, and I do think they have the right guy. I, think, I like Dean Smith. I, I think he's good. And he was, I mean, he was a Villa guy. I mean, he grew right. up. I think his dad was like an usher, worked for the, at the stadium. So, <laughs> And I was reading an interview when I was there, and they, because uh, and he was conflicted. He goes, you know, he had to go to his family. He goes, yeah, this is a, a great opportunity, but, you know, your lives are going to change because in Brentford we have this nice, uh, the arrangement's pretty nice. You know, I can do my job, but, you know, uh, a hometown boy coming back to Villa, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny, and he wanted his family, are you guys ready for that? So, you know, because I think in, in Brentford he didn't have the, that side of it he didn't have to deal with, at least not, you know, yeah, of course, but, of course. But there's no pressure in yeah. Brentford like there is in Villa. I mean, there's well, pressure, yeah. of course, but yeah. <laughs> you know. But especially if you're a local, you're a, you know, people know you came from Villa. You're a Villa guy, so that that's automatically going to ramp up the pressure, I would think. So and, and Villa fans didn't want them, right? Initially, they were like going back to teams like Brentford. Like, why the hell are we taking the Brentford manager? We're Villa. We should be getting, you know. We should be talking to the likes of you know maybe one step below Klopp and Guardiola. Yeah. That's where we should be you know looking, not 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 going picking out mid-level championship managers. Well, and yeah, a guy that made his living as a manager of of just league clubs. You know, never you know the only Premier League club he ever managed was Villa. So you know, most of it, he was always in the lower leagues. You know, which you know, coaching is coaching. If you can coach, you can coach. That's the thing. So. And, and uh, I think you get that upper level. It's about dealing with with uh, egos too. You know, yeah. I mean, that's 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 the other part about it. So one thing to deal with guys who are young and up and coming and hungry. It's another thing to, to deal with guys like Jack Relish and uh, you know their their mentality is is no longer yeah. oh man I got to make that next step and coach is going to help me get there. You know their their mentality is how do I get to 300k a week you know from from yeah. 80. Well, he signed. <laughs> you know they ever the speculation all oh, that that he was going to go, but he stayed. I mean, I think if he, they would have went down, he would have gone. Yeah, but, uh, of course. Well, Ollie Ollie Watson signed a five year deal last year with Brentford, so. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You know that, that's usually uh that's a, what the team does protect themselves. So when they want to leave, they can sell them. So that's generally a, a transfer comes right after an extension. So exactly, exactly. Which is fine for the Which teams works. too, because that way they they're protected and they know they can. You know, you get within six months and they can sign the pre-contract. So then you get nothing. Yep. Um, so. Which which the pre the pre-contract on Messi comes up in January. He's he's free. He's free next June. I thought he re-signed though under pressure. No, is that, did I get yeah, that? No, no. He came back. He came, he just came back. Okay, okay. At least that's what I read. I don't know. I'm so tired of the messy yeah. drama. Yeah. Don't it's Me very too. messy. I wish he would just yeah, exactly. I wish he would just retire and go back to go back to. Well, he's technically never lived in Argentina. Well, not for a long but, time, so. Yeah. So, but that no, but that that pre-contract thing is great. So, I mean, I know winning in the cup against the against Southampton is is great. Now, does does that help with this condensed schedule this year for Brentford? So, I think what it does for us is, you know, you you had mentioned, uh, um, you know, the the players we signed from Oxford, right? So they yeah. haven't really had much of a chance to get a run out. Um, so I think what, what these types of games do for us is it gives these guys who, you know, last season when we, when we went on the run at the end of the season, we were tired because we went for it, right? We, we, didn't, we didn't mess around with, like, throwing the second guy in there to give, give a little break to the starter. We, we went all out. You know, Ali, Saeed, you know, Pontus, they, they all played every match 90 minutes. 
Um, so I think this season now, you know, with the congested fixtures, what it does, we have a bigger squad. So it allows these guys to get a little run out. We can actually yeah. see what they can do because we weren't going to give them a chance to test themselves against no. quality players. And, and, and from that perspective, you know, yeah, it was nice to beat Southampton. But I, I you know, I, I think I'm, my personal is we're at the point now where we should be competitive with teams like Southampton. You know, we should be competitive with lower level Premier League teams, um, whether we win or lose. But what it proved is our, 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 our some of our second tier guys are ready to make that transition to first team players. And that was the biggest thing for me is that, you know, it, it wasn't just about beating Southampton. It was that we've got now four or five guys that we didn't know what we had. Yeah. Who now it looks like we've got something that we could, you know, immediately put into a starting game if somebody's hurt or if somebody's tired or, or just for a change of play, pace. Um, and that's what excites me most is that those guys are ready to go. Yeah. And it's always, I love cup matches anyway. It's always good to win. So, you know. We never take them seriously, so this is this is a new one for me. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's crazy! Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we always took them seriously until just well until Garth became GM, and not that we don't take him seriously, but he he does use the cup as a run out to see what he's got with the young players, and uh, you know, so sometimes we lose when we you know, but and I, I'm okay with that because I want to see those. You got to give your young players real minutes in real yep. games, you know. Uh, you know, reserve games, you know, they're not real games. You know, they, I know they, they have refs and they have players, but nah, that's not, there's no pressure, you know, a real game, you know, even if it's just a cup match, it's still a real game and there's still pressure because you're playing somebody that wants to win, you know, and especially if you're playing a lower level team, like if you're playing a league one team, they definitely want to win because, you know, for them, it could be financial too. Cause if they get a big, you know, big gate, so, yeah, we've we've been we've been subject to some of those losses where, like, you know, a, a, a Cambridge or an Oxford have come in and just yeah. beat the hell out of us. You know, like, what just happened? How did this happen to us? You know, really brings you back down to uh, you know where we really are. But but now it's really nice to see us. You know, not only competitive, we beat. I mean, we we solidly beat Southampton. So yeah. I, that was I, it a was first great. choice Southampton too. It wasn't uh, you know largely a first choice. So. I didn't see the game. I was reading the article before the show, uh, and you know, Austin Hoodle put out a strong side. So uh, he made one change from their opening match in the yeah, Premier so League, and we made go. five from ours. Sometimes you just push the right buttons. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah he, oh yes. Yeah, I said, exactly. Sometimes the system's better than the players, and yeah. I think that's yeah. what we have is the system works. Okay, exactly, and that, that's what's going to help. So, is, is the push this year for not the playoffs, but for the automatic up? I don't see how it can't be. I mean, that's the thing. The pressure is going to be on this year. You know, we, we came so close last year. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, just as a fan, you know, I was roasted by like, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting texts and emails, you know, on, on Twitter and stuff from, from clubs that shouldn't even be shouldn't have Brentford in their vocabulary, you know, making yeah. fun of me. And, and, and so I'm thinking, you know, first I'm like, oh, I'm pissed off, we lost, we should have done this. And then you're like, wait a second, you know, I'm, I'm getting emails from, from Premier League clubs saying you bottle it. Like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, there you so, go. You've <laughs> arrived now. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I was on the BBC on an interview last year, and you're like, that doesn't happen to these small tin pot clubs. Um, but, yeah. but so I, I, I can't help but think, you know, no matter what happens, no matter who goes, who comes, the, 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 the expectation is going to be top two. Yeah, that's got to be because uh, you don't like to do that. That playoff dance is so hard. Uh, it's so hard. We've uh, lost like 13. We, we've never won a playoff match in any division, any league. We've only ever got automatic geez. promotion. We have 13 losses in Wembley. Jeez. <laughs> oh. And you would hope that lucky number, you would hope that 13 would be the one that would – would put you up in that, but oh well. Yeah, Especially it's full. The next time you're at Wembley, it's for the FA Cup final, not a championship promotion yeah. final. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, it's it's like I'm 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 not even that late. I've been supporting since 2013. I do not have the history that some of these folks do, and like you know, you just learn early on from them that this is just the way it is. If you're a Brentford fan, <laughs> yeah. it's a sense isn't of inevitability. Like, yeah. yeah, isn't Gavin a fan from like the 60s? Or something. The guy that wrote the book. I mean, I'm. He he talks about bringing his kids, and his father is bringing him, and now his kids' kids. I'm like, there's something. Oh to that, yeah. Though. 
you know, you ask my son uh, how long he's followed the Sounders, and he'll go back to elementary school when we used to watch him at a local high school stadium here, and then you know, in town, next town over, when they're in the A League, and uh, you know, that's when it was five bucks a game. That's that's when he became a fan, and 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 we followed it ever since. So you know, here we are. You know, no no promotion relegation, but we did follow the incarnations all the way up the ladder. So. And I had fun at those games too. So those games were awesome too. Yeah. I've been to a couple of DC United games. I have to say, I <laughs> it's it was a struggle. <laughs> well, yeah. oh, what, what was it at the was it at the rat was it at the raccoon arena or is it the new one? No, no, I haven't been to Audi yet. I do want to give Audi a try, but I've been to um, I've been to a few matches at uh, RFK, and that that I mean, it, you know, I went there when the Nationals were playing there, right when they when they first sort of came into the league oh, and, yeah. and you know it's just and in fact i've gone to a couple of uh, women's um uh u.s women's games um so i saw the women lose to france in the she believes cup a couple of years ago with my daughter and and yeah that place is just oh, yeah. well it was demolished. better i think before the nationals had it reconfigured and kind of ruined it because it was a pretty good well, at least i'd never been there but they said it was a pretty good uh soccer stadium when it was just dc's uh and you know, and especially back then when they had Echeverry and Moreno and and Tony Sane, you know, and that team was was fun to watch because they were good. Um, yeah, but and, and John, aren't they ta- aren't they taking it down? Isn't RFK coming down in so. like the next yeah they're going to couple of years? Yeah, and, and they have to. I mean, like it, 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 it's dilapidated. The walls are falling down. The, the, you know, there's, there's, it's just it, it's so far past its prime that um, yeah. I'm surprised they let people in the place. To be honest with you, even the last last year or two. Yeah, because Silver Dome is Silver Dome is down. Um, um, the Metro Dome is gone because I, I saw that thing go down on TV, and I think the one in Houston went down. Got a decade, yeah, or two ago. So RFK's RFK's got to be the last of those big ones they put up in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, because that was you know that was like when Veterans Field went up, Riverfront Stadium, and you know, all these multi-purpose fields. That's you know obviously it was built for the Redskins, but it was a multi-purpose field. Um, and and yeah, all those I think are gone. Everything's now purpose-built, and, and that was the thing. It was yeah. just never fit for soccer because it, it was a big bowl, you know, and, and it was meant for football and baseball. So the seats were kind of way far back. And um, you know, when, when I started going to the matches after we moved back from the UK, the team was just diabolically bad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. now, been, the, CenturyLink is good they, for uh, soccer. They build it with soccer in mind, so you know as well as football. So it's actually been yeah, pretty I've, good. I've been by Audi on the outside. I've never been in, and, and outside it looks gorgeous. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it it looks different than what you see in England in the new stadiums, but it, it does look. You know, it almost looks like a tennis stadium, like a modern tennis stadium. But it's it's really pretty on the outside. It's just, I don't know, man. I just I can't I can't get into the MLS. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. Um, I just can't. Although FC Cincinnati just signed a Brentford player. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on the on the on their uh, transfer out uh, page when I was looking up some of their stuff for the show. So, oh. Yep, the general South American international, Camilo Macocho. There you go. So he'll, he'll he'll yeah. Is he... he you know he was he was he was good, not great. I would say he's a, he's a defending midfield. Um, in, in the style, kind of like a, like an Angolo Conte without sort of the, the, the speed, mm-hmm. um, you know, he could read a good game. Uh, you know, he was, he was tough. He was accurate. He didn't make many mistakes, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't particularly overly athletic. He didn't, you know, he wasn't great with the ball. Um, you know, he, he was, he was, he was fine. He was solid. And most importantly, like he's one of the nicest guys you will ever like see interviewed and talk to yeah. just genuine salt of the earth kind of guy. Um, and, and solid, if not spectacular, I would say. Uh, well, that's they easy. Be in, in, good we were... for Cincinnati. Then <laughs> they just need well, players that are. They can't play. score. They can't score. <laughs> that's their problem. I think they're like like eighteen matches or something like that without a goal or something. Maybe it's not that much, but it's ridiculously high. Apparently, yeah, I've yeah, never but... been to Cincinnati, but my son went there for work, and he went and saw a Cincinnati play. And apparently, he, I said, "How'd you like Cincinnati?" Oh my God, it was a dump. It's the worst really? city I've ever been to. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Southern Ohio. I grew up in Dayton. So, and I went to Miami of Ohio. So, so Cincinnati is near oh, nice. and dear to my heart. Oh, um, and it's, it's, 
but I always say this, Dayton and Cincinnati, not to go off topic, but Dayton and Cincinnati are one of those cities you have to go with somebody who knows the city. You just can't rock up to Cincinnati and Dayton enough. and be like, I'm here. You know, you yeah, can do that in New York. You can do that in Chicago. You can't do that. That's in what he did because he was there for work. And I said, well, you should go see a game if you're down there, if there's one playing. And he did. So, uh, yeah, he goes, yeah. And also he got sick when he was there. He ended up in the ER for something. Oh, jeez. I mean, he was okay. Turned out to be okay. But, yeah, he uh, he got sick and ended up going to the ER because he thought he had meningitis. He goes, oh, that's not good. And he goes, nah, that was false alarm. It was okay. But I was definitely sick. So, Oof. But, yeah, he was not impressed with Cincinnati. He wasn't impressed with uh, – he did go to – was that Skyline Chili? He did go check it out. Yep. So, yeah, it's oh, okay. It's, that stuff is good. Is it, oh, we had that when I was in Columbus. There were My dad made a point of when I, when I was there – God, that's five years ago. It's probably six years ago at this point when we went to the um, – whatever one that the Columbus-Portland um, MLS Cup was. It was, it was between the um, – Sounders once, and my dad was like, "We're yeah. finding a skyline for you. We're gonna because my dad lived in Cincinnati in the um early in the late sixties, early seventies, so he knows chili. And my mom used to make skyline chili out of her head because she lived in Ohio for years. So she's like, "We're gonna we're gonna go there for that." So yeah, the coach been to Ohio. Like, so. Yeah, never. That's one of the Good few place. states I haven't been to. So, yeah, I like to go. I want to go do a crew game, but uh, you know, we'll see. I have a, I have a <laughs> lot of, uh, of travel plans to see. The, I mean, I've been to Atlanta. I went to Ben's Stadium and saw the Sounders play there, which kind of ignited their Cup run that 2016 year when they were. Or no, that was the 20. Was it 20? It was a World Cup final year. So, but yeah, that stadium was cool. So, yeah, it was hot. My God, Atlanta is hot. Holy mackerel. Atlanta in the summer. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. You ain't going to do that again. Well, anyway, this has yeah. been fun, John. Hopefully sometime by the end of the year, we'll get you back to talk more Brentford and have more fun with you this year. Yeah, Hopefully I really enjoyed it, guys. Thank you so much. For their time. automatic promotion so we can start yeah. talking about the plans for the Premier League. So from your lips Thanks. to God's ears. Hey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been fun. We'll see you guys next month. All right, sounds good.